When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to You Thought You Knew, the podcast where we talk about survivor players that may be underrated, underappreciated, or just misunderstood. Each episode, we try to answer a question that's designed to make us challenge our preconceived notions about a famous survivor contestant. Of course, there are no right answers. It's just an excuse to talk about our favorite show. As always, I'm Nigel Bocanegra, your co-host, and I'm joined by my husband, Kevin McLean. Yes, happy to be here. Our third episode of our third season. And we have a great guest that we even got to talk to in our first season. Yes, this season three of You Thought You Knew is very returny heavy. We're like <laughs> the of Survivor, if you will. Um, but I think it's going a little bit better than the early part of the 20s, at least for Survivor. I'm very glad that we are joined by Mari Forth. Mari, how are you? Hi, Kevin and Nigel. I'm so, I'm glad. I'm happy to be here with you guys. Talk a little bit more Survivor. Like you said, it's an excuse to just talk about the show. So thank you for having me on. Absolutely. We're glad that you're able to join us to talk about the one, the only Amanda Kimmel. The Amanda Kimmel of Survivor mm-hmm. China, Survivor Micronesia, and Survivor Heroes versus Villains fame. Mm-hmm. As anybody who has been on the internet may have come across at some point. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, and it's very exciting to talk about her. I mean, Amanda has such a prolific career in such a short span of time. Yeah. She's like, she's like FDR, you know, like she's like really <laughs> all over the place for like this like very specific time period. And mm-hmm. what's interesting is that I feel like I got into Survivor like as an online fan that's like on message boards, like absorbing how people feel about Survivor around Fiji. Mm. And mm. I graduate high school right after Heroes versus Villains. So like that's like that time in your life where you have a lot of time to be on the internet and be radicalized about your Survivor opinions. And so like Amanda's smack dab in that. So it's like I feel like my thoughts about Amanda are very much tied to Team Kevin at that time as well. That's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, Amanda is like one of the big legends of the show, like one of like the biggest names. And she played three times in six seasons, which is kind of crazy. And we've had people recently who have done something similar and not quite as short of a period of time. Actually, maybe Kelly Wentworth did it even Mm. more quickly. Uh, It's 10 seasons. 20 or 29, 38. And she doesn't play nearly as long as Amanda. Right. So I think that's another thing. I, I mean, Amanda has some records. Yeah, certainly. 
Mario, are you-, you can do that off the top of your head. It is just <laughs> astounding to me. Don't expect that from me, audience. I am, <laughs> I am not here for the data of the facts. I'm here for the feelings. Exactly. Okay. That's why we love having you. And you all have to remember that it's just Kevin and I in an apartment like 24-7. We're always talking about survival. <laughs> we probably talk about other things sometimes, but we're always talking about survival. Exactly. It's, it's like it really took a lot of effort not to like weave in survivor references into vows for us, but we 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 stay away um although my parents did get us uh you know a very nice wedding card that did weave survivor references into it it was very oh, impressive I love that. and really- yeah and congrats again to you guys i you know i wish i could have been there but you know all the way on the other side of country since you decided to leave me up up one day you know but yeah, but we'll be, we'll be back in DC eventually. We'll be back in DC likely this year. You know, got to figure out some of the details and stuff. But I'm mm-hmm. excited to be back at the East Coast. So I heard about how bad the winter is over there right now. And I'm like, ah, oh, maybe second thoughts. Yeah, it makes it a little bit easier to be in California today. <laughs> today. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Not for me, at least. So that's good. Uh, well, Kevin, do you want to do your uh, your fancy intro to the Amanda Kim? Sure. Uh, Amanda Kimmel became the first Survivor contestant to last 100 days. While that record has been eclipsed by the likes of Parvati Shallow and Boston Rob, it's impressive that Amanda was never voted out until the early merge of her third season. Additionally, no votes were counted against her during her first two seasons, despite lasting all the way to the finals. However, Amanda's inability to clinch a win suggests that she does have some specific weaknesses to her game. Out of 15 potential jury votes, Amanda has only been able to net four of them. Why hasn't Amanda been able to close the deal when sitting next to the likes of Todd, Courtney, or Parvati? She's good at challenges, is often strategically in the loop, and is fairly agreeable. Nevertheless, she has earned the ire of multiple jurors for her, quote, crocodile tears. You thought you knew Amanda Kimmel? Well, we think we do. And on this episode of You Thought You Knew, we'll be answering the question, can Amanda Kimmel win? So, Mari, first, we kind of want to just go through what we think it takes to win the game of Survivor. So Uh what do you think it takes for someone to walk away with the million dollars? Um, I think it takes uh, being able to connect with people while also having that killer instinct. Um, being present and in front of like in the forefront of the jury's mind while also making your target as small as possible among the active players. And I th- then I finally think um, at Final Travel Council, stating your whole entire game is very important as well. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that can help you clinch Survivor. And there are a lot of things like that I did not say that could help you clinch Survivor. You know, we've had winners that I'm like, okay, I, I don't understand this, but okay. You know what I'm saying? So um, I, I think there's a lot of major factors. And unfortunately, I think Amanda just always goes left to the mark for a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. it's in, in many ways, it's like Amanda, I think checks so many boxes, like on paper, yeah. she should be a winner, but like, obviously she's not been able to. And I think maybe it's that, that some of those key things that you mentioned about, like being able to really be respected by the jury, mm-hmm. uh, be able to kind of showcase and weave a story for them to really impress them. And I actually do think right. there's a connection issue she has as well. I think Amanda plays an inoffensive game she's nice she's pleasant but is she connecting deeply with people or is it more of like a superficial kind of like workplace connection 
Oh, that's a great point. And, you know, Kevin, you mentioned that Amanda was able to pull four of 15 potential jury votes. (laughs) Amanda clearly demonstrates a lot of skills that are very important to be successful on Survivor over the course of her gameplay. But it doesn't seem to click nearly as well in Final Tribal when she has to be getting that, right? She can get there, Mm -hmm. but it's translating those votes are very difficult. And I'm reminded of uh, Paul from Big Brother. Paul Mm -hmm. makes it to the end twice and loses by one vote twice. Mm-hmm. That's very, very close. Amanda is nowhere near just flipping one vote and getting the win in that scenario, right? So it, yeah. it seems like she does have some major issues with translating the game that she plays into a win at the end of the day. Yeah, for me, that that was my main that was my main um, argument for today. Uh, going back and I, I watched China again because I, I was like, oh, it's been a minute since I watched China. Micronesia, you know, I, I know like back of my hand, heroes versus villains. I haven't revisited lately. So um, but I definitely went back to her two final tribals. And I, I think that that's where she loses loses the game every single time. And it's kind of astounding because she like I, like you said, she doesn't do anything like crazy offensive or anything to make you make like obviously turn the jury off. It's just she doesn't do anything to help herself at those final travels. And it doesn't help that both times she's sitting next to some powerful players um, or, or players who are perceived as powerful within the game that she, she played and she did it. That was back to back as well. Like, yeah, she didn't learn from, I don't think she learned from China, you know, that maybe you should cut the person who everybody's perceiving as the biggest threat. But then again, you know, her only options were between Suri and Parvati, and probably you could say at that point she had lost the game no matter what. So I just I just think that her her biggest weakness to me and what I saw is is her final tribals. They just don't click. And they're like they're they don't just click. I think they're bad. You know, like yeah, I, like I, they're I, defensive. It's, they're very defensive. I don't mm-hmm. think Amanda is able to really communicate some of those things. And it's like in many ways, by being like an inoffensive person, that's kind of easygoing and relaxed around others, really works to get you far in Survivor. I mean, mm-hmm. she's always someone you can bounce an idea off of, someone you can count on. I mean, she's kind of like a coattail rider, but not. But like she's very, she has a lot of agency, and she chooses to like support the power players that she ties herself to. Um, but at the same time, it's like, it's really hard to give that person the win, you know, like to, to be kind of the nice inoffensive person all of a sudden really it flips it to you in, in the final tribal. So mm-hmm. Kevin, let's ponder the question. Do you think Amanda Kimmel can win survivor? I mean, like technically, yeah. Right. I mean, like she's, mm-hmm. I think she is technically one of the best to never win. Right. Like I, undeniably her stats speak for itself, but since I think it's such an obvious answer to say that Amanda can win, I mean, in a hundred simulations, I mean, I like to believe Amanda can win once because she's probably getting to the finals at least 80% of the time. Mm. Um, (laughs) I'll say, yeah, I think she can, but I I, want to say no for the sake of like devil's advocate and kind of playing this along. But like, Mari, what do you think? Um, given what we've seen, no, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) like if you take the data that you see, no, because I, 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 again, I think she played a pretty good game. Her immunity, I'm pretty sure you're going to go through the stats. Like, I think she played good games, but I truly feel like she, she 
cannot stick the landing. And I don't know if she comes back, what, 25 seasons later, if she would be, be able to do it 26, you know, even any more effectively, to be quite honest. So, and, you know, they kind of had her number in heroes versus villains in a sense. So I, I, I don't think so because um, unfortunately she, she did what Paul did. She came back too quickly. If I remember correctly, when she went out for fans versus favorites, right? Like half of the people didn't see all of her um, season. Yeah. So like, which means she didn't get to see all of her season, you know? So she didn't get to learn from her mistakes. That's exactly what happened from Paul. Paul did not get to learn from their mistakes. So she repeated the same pattern that lost that got that had her lose in China and she lost it in, in Micronesia. I think heroes versus villains, she did better. Um, but when you see somebody who's gone to a final travel twice, can you blame everybody else for being like, we can't let her go any further than this because now you're not playing against newbies. Now you're not, it's not half newbies, half um, returnees. It's all returnees and they got your number. So no. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hear you, right? Um, Nigel, what do you think? So, you know, Mari, I actually, I, I thought it was interesting that you mentioned, like, if Amanda comes back 25 seasons later, I don't know mm-hmm. if you, you can see the wind there. And I think that that actually is probably pretty fair because I think what it takes to win Survivor in season, let's say 47 is a returning season. I think that that's very different than what it would have taken to win Survivor China. I think that there was probably yeah. like a golden era for Amanda where she could have won. But I think mm-hmm. that that boat has kind of passed. I think if she had had a little more time past her seasons to get some of that reflective learning experience and, and mm-hmm. like see her seasons, maybe if she had come back for like even game changers, game changers. she mm-hmm. could have been like a bigger name, but is also not too big of like a threat in a lot of people's eyes. You I know agree. what I mean? That maybe that was like the last chance that Amanda had. Which, let me just... I'm going to come off like an Amanda hater, you know, completely in this episode. And I promise, like, it's not against Amanda personally. It's about the character that we are given that Amanda, like, embodies and, like, her, her, like, position in the survivor lore and legacy. I think, like, Amanda has such impressive stats, right? Like, on paper, she has it all. But I... I, 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 I I just... I, I think it, like, it makes sense why she's able to go far because she has a lot of the natural skills to go far in Survivor. She's easygoing, athletic, sociable, but like not in a really intimidating way. Um, she doesn't like question, I think, a lot of the like head honchos like strategy. She like is, is so well positioned within her alliances. And yeah, it's like it's like it's no surprise that Amanda succeeds because like she's she's like a kind, nice person. And I'm actually very thankful that she loses Survivor so often. So like more interesting people can <laughs> succeed, you know? Uh, well, Kevin, do you want to give the overview of Amanda's journey to remind folks who may not have seen some of her seasons as recently? Yes. So Amanda starts on Survivor China, the 15th season as a hiking guide and former Miss Montana. Uh, she was considered a key player that season, putting together an impressive blindside on James Clement and his two hidden immunity idols at the final seven. And despite being a front runner in the eyes of many viewers, Amanda fumbled her jury answering, finishing second runner up to Todd and Courtney. Only a few <laughs> weeks later, she exactly an important thing to remember. People always yeah, think that she got is. second 
twice. She, know, she got third cool. and then second. Uh, only a few weeks later, Amanda was cast on Micronesia as one of the 10 favorites. There, she was notable for her budding romance with Ozzy, her role in the Black Widow Brigade, and being the first woman ever to find and play a hidden immunity idol. Amanda made it to the finals once more, lasting 78 days without having a single vote counted against her. And though she still went on to lose to Parvati in a close five to three jury vote. Four seasons after Micronesia, in the 20th season, Amanda played her third season in just under three years. She was a member of the Heroes Tribe, where she was finally voted out on day 108, a record that still stands to this day. Very, very impressive. Yeah. And I think it's going to be, I mean, can anyone ever beat it at this point, considering how many days that you're going to be playing? Uh, Michelle Fitzgerald has not been voted out. Made it to the end twice. Yeah. So Michelle's seasons are shorter now, right? So she. Oh my god! Yeah. Does she have to make it to day twenty six and then come back for a fourth season? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I'm not very good at math. Uh, So, Mari, what are some of your favorite Amanda moments that come to mind? Well, for me, like it's kind of funny because once I rewatched China, I was like, I realized like how much of almost like a non-entity non-entity she was at the beginning of that season mm-hmm. so i think all of my my favorite memories come from her from micronesia like playing the idol is like top tier like even how they edited that episode where we don't even know that she found the idol and then she does the mopey mopey and she keeps it to herself and she plays it amazing and yeah. that was and that was the moment she should have been able to flip because they kept saying she's the front runner. We need to get her out. Like it's very funny how it went from like at final what was it, that final six that she was the front runner. Um, she was technically the front runner. That's why they had to get rid of her first. You know, once Eric has the mm-hmm. um, the necklace, to then like what two to three tribals later, it's like she's just we we don't. We don't want to give you the money. It's weird, right? Especially because it's like, it doesn't really feel like Amanda's doing anything that different over those like couple of tribals, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Kev, uh, what are some of your favorite Amanda moments? I'm sure you have a very long list. <laughs> Here's the us. thing. My favorite Amanda, I, when I think about my favorite Amanda moments, it's usually when she's getting roasted by the jury. So that tells you <laughs> everything you need to know about me as a quote Amanda fan. I love Natalie Bolton's jury question, which everyone remembers the poverty so one. Weird. But oh my the, God, I, I, would, I had to fast forward through it. I <laughs> but I love the Natalie to Amanda jury question, which I feel like never gets talked about because I think it surmises so many of the issues Amanda really has is that like you know uh natalie says amanda clearly very beautiful woman great natalie bolton of course starting with that very beautiful one you appear to be a strong woman but Mm -hmm. i did notice you always had a glazed over look on your face i did notice Mm -hmm. that uh my question is was it your strategy in quotes in quotes Mm -hmm. uh your strategy to be the zombied pretty girl not knowing what's exactly going on pageant queen cliche or is this who you are as a person which by the way there is no right answer to that you cannot answer that question correctly <laughs> it's like set up totally yeah. for a man not to be able to succeed but i think it kind of like surmises again that the jury's Her perception about amanda is that maybe she just feels a little phony you know I, that she's really nice and she's polite and agreeable but like after 39 days of survivor 
you should be a little angry about something. I feel like we should be able to like see more levels of you connecting with you in a way. Mm-hmm. And what I really like, and, and what I really like about Amanda's losses essentially is that like on paper, Amanda should succeed. She's hardworking. She's nice. She's polite. She's not going to get into fights with people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of love the fact that she loses to like more villainous players who are so much more, ass- who are assertive in different ways. It reminds me of how like Tamar doing well in Celebrity Big Brother. Mm, you wouldn't expect yes. on paper for someone like her to succeed because, well, she gets into fights. But as someone who is also very conflict forward instead of being conflict averse, I don't think getting into fights with people means that like you don't have strong relationships. And quite often it can mean you have very strong relationships with people. Mm-hmm. So the idea of someone like Amanda, who I think has a lot of game similarities to people like Wu, or Kelly Wigglesworth or um, uh, other other like players who tend to be very agreeable, nice, hardworking, but like maybe superficial in their deep connections mm-hmm. with others. It's it's just really rewarding to see that that not always like succeed because you would just assume like, oh, the jury's gonna be mad at Todd or Parvati because they're like kind of quote mean people and they're just gonna hand it over to Amanda because she's like polite despite enabling them literally the entire way. And I'm very glad that like Amanda's like, nice inoffensive personality is not fully rewarded on survivor can i can i say it's like the devil you know versus the devil you don't like Mm -hmm. i personally probably just like you kevin i i appreciate people who are forward in my face like i don't have to guess where you stand even if you stand against me like i i'd much rather know that you stand against me and we're we're very blunt that oh i don't like you you don't like me other than the person who's standing to the side and we don't know where their loyalties are. I don't know if they're loyal to you, loyal to me. That's always, it's always to me, like one of those things, like if I ever went on a reality TV show, I'm getting rid of that person first because I would much rather know that that person who's in front of me is coming after me than the person who might be behind me, stabbing me in the back. And I think that could be one reason why Amanda never um, connects, at least next sitting next to the pe- two people she she did or, you know, I feel bad for Courtney, but, uh, (laughs) you know, like Todd is all Todd has said it from the beginning. He had said it from the beginning. He was going to do everything needed to do to win this game. And he's lucky enough, too, that he said that to the the right amount of people where that they they also kept it to themselves. You know what I'm saying? But they always knew his perception, you know, and it always felt like Amanda, like, yes, it's Amanda and Todd, but. It's really Todd, right? It's Todd, the one, Todd's the one that's pulling the strings. And Amanda's there and she's just trying not to be mean to us because she thinks that we can't take somebody being mean to us so that we're automatically going to give her our vote because she wasn't mean to us. Meanwhile, look at that cast, Jean Robert, James, like all of them are like very high personality people. They don't care if somebody is quote unquote being mean to them. Of course, they they can vote for the person who stands up to them to their face instead of the person who's, you know, perceived to just trying to be nice to them just for their vote. You know what I'm saying? So I, I definitely get that that take, Kevin. And I think that that's actually a little bit of Amanda's issue in China. I think that Amanda's actually a really important piece to Todd's success because he kind of Mm -hmm. is a little bit of like an evil genius where he has a lot (laughs) of different ideas of different strategic moves that he wants to pull off. And Amanda is very much a sounding board for him. That's kind of able to like pull him back and Mm -hmm. keep things on track. And so I think as viewers, we're really able to see Amanda being an important piece of how the two of them end up in the finals. But if you were one of the other people that's on the jury, mm-hmm. all you're probably seeing is Todd being in command of things, right? Like yep. you don't see Amanda as someone who's like really contributing to 
get them there because those are conversations that the two of them are having off on their own. Right. Yeah. She barely took a full um, credit for the James vote. It, yeah, she, it, it's like a real issue of hers. And like, you know, again, like she has all these impressive statistics. And, but then I remember all of her jury answers and I'm like, I don't know. And then like other moments <laughs> in the game, like when she's left behind the reward and she has it's her and PJ at the final five. Amanda could have used that moment to flip on Todd and Courtney by working with Denise. Right. She could have done that, got rid of PG. I get like the risk reward situation. That maybe it wasn't worth it. But like I remember in that moment, Amanda goes, PG, why do you dislike me so much? And I'm like, Amanda, this is so cringe. What are you doing? Like, you've known her for several days now. You've never had a conversation with her. That's so weird. Like, again, it's like, I think Amanda's actually a lot more awkward than people like recognize, you know? Like, I think that's also, that also probably helps her in the game a lot because she's like this beautiful, I mean, she's gorgeous, right? She's this beautiful, Mm -hmm. like beauty queen who is a lot more down to earth. You know, mm-hmm. like she's easy to talk to. She doesn't like, you know, press pe- push people's buttons. And I think it's why she succeeds because she's just like, again, an inoffensive force. She reminds me a lot of Nicole Franzel, actually, who oh, also has God. the record on Big Brother for lasting so many days. And I think it's a lot of the same reasons. Small town girl, easy to get along with, actually much better at challenges than many people give them credit for. Mm-hmm. And of course, they're going to go really far. But I actually think uh, Nicole's a lot more self-interested than Amanda is, which is why I think Nicole's had more success overall. But they, right. of course, it's a no surprise they're going to go very far. They don't upset the apple cart by nature. Mm-hmm. So I want to go through my list of favorite Amanda moments. Go ahead. Because you're clearly mm-hmm. the biggest Amanda fan out of all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, the absolute fever dream bizarro fight that she has with Danielle in that bedroom with Colby on the bed in Heroes versus Villains where they're mm-hmm. fighting over the uh, idol clue because that sounds like fan fiction right? <laughs> Amanda and Danielle are fighting for an idol clue in a bedroom on Survivor like what, what, how is this a real scene from the show? You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely bizarre. Number two that really weird run that she does in Heroes versus Villains when James <laughs> comes back from the challenge where they're afraid that he might be getting medevaced she yells James and she does this like weird limp wrist <laughs> I'm like absolutely it's random. It's <laughs> random but it is burned into my memory Um, number three being really bad at lying to poverty in heroes versus villains where Amanda thinks that she's like pulling one over and then it just cuts to a confessional of poverty being like I know Amanda I can tell when Amanda's lying she's not being very honest with me right now and I I wonder if that's also you know part of Amanda's issue where I don't think that that's something that's necessarily highlighted as much in her first two outings but you know, maybe it's because Parvati knows her a little bit better or complete strangers might be more willing to trust her just based on mm-hmm. who she is, what her appearance is, the way that she carries herself. Whereas Parvati, like, she's starved with this person before. Yeah. Know? I I I think that's a good did, point. Wait, did Amanda and James play like three times together? Yeah, they play all three times. Oh and they're starting God. tribe each time. You know, and I think that, like, again, gives her a huge leg up because she has this other person to kind of Uh work with by nature. And it helps her get into majorities early, which is one of Amanda's greatest skills is like Uh is like figuring out a way. I feel like Amanda, again, she doesn't bond very deeply, but she bonds widely. You know, Amanda feels like the girl you just invite to the party. It's like, oh, Amanda, come on, Amanda, like join in because, again, she's inoffensive, easygoing. And those things are really rewarded on a show like Survivor, especially as yeah. a woman. You know, I, my issue, one of, mm-hmm. one of my bigger issues with Amanda is that she's always in opposition to, I think, women that are much more prickly and cerebral, you know, whether that's PG, 
um, Eliza Orleans, um, uh, Candace Cody. You know, she's just a lot more often like her easygoingness makes her very satisfied with the majority that she's in. And she kind of holds on to it. And she really wants to execute for her alliance. But see, what you need to remember is that it works for her because she always ends up in the finals. Why does I she want to overturn the apple cart? Right? Uh, I know. And that's the thing is, like, I, I can't hate on Amanda's game. I will hate on her as a character and as a figure in the show. We even got to our true opinions about Amanda, but I, they're all bubbling up for me because I, 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 she's just such an omnipresent person. Uh, Mari, well, is there anything else that you want to share about Amanda before we jump into Kevin's research that he's done to understand the consensus that exists on Amanda Kevin? Nope, I think that's it for me. I did want to ask you, Mari, were you an Amanda fan at first? Um, well, what's what's your journey with Amanda? So kind of like you, I think uh, China premiered, I think China premiered when I was starting college, uh, if I remember correctly. So it was like, it was the, it was the first time in a few years where I was only tangentially like watching Survivor, you know what I'm saying? So I don't even remember if I watched the finale. I was just like, because I was like, Todd has this in the back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, it's, I don't need to watch. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I saw an MSN homepage the next day, like Todd wins. I was like, yeah, that, that tracks, you know? So, so I, I stopped watching for like a few years and then got back on the train. I forget, I forget. Um, because I, I, I don't know the orders like you guys do, yeah. but I remember I watched all of Russell season. I watched Coach and Sophie. I watched, um, so I can't, I know I came back. What's four seasons after, what's what's the season directly after Heroes versus Villains? Gab- oh, is it Nicaragua? 21. Oh, that was bad. I remember, I, <laughs> but, but Gabon, I think Gabon. It was is after Micronesia, yeah. Yeah, I, I think Gabon was when I was in college. I was like, like, yeah, I was in college and I, that was probably the first, that was probably the first season that I made my boyfriend slash now husband watch. (laughs) And and we had been, and then that's where we like got back on the train. Um, So I, I had to revisit all of Amanda's stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? I I wasn't radicalized on the board. So I absolutely loved everybody in Micronesia that were on the Black Widow Brigade. You know what I'm saying? Like, how could you not? I thought her showmance with Ozzy was interesting. You know, I go back and forth with Ozzy. Everybody should know. <laughs> like, you know, he's, he's cool now, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I, I, yeah, I like, I like Amanda, like, on surface. It's the same thing, like, surface. She's never offended me on any of the, the seasons that I've seen her. I was like, oh, yeah, she's cool. I was never rooting for her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because she was always sitting next to the person I was rooting for. And then once she also, once she cut Sari, I'm like, well, it's above me now because now I don't like you. <laughs> so, yeah. it's, it's interesting for me too. Cause it's like, yeah, Amanda has like vaguely positive feeling, you know, it's like, it's like, it's literally vanilla, right? Like general mm-hmm. wide appeal, but like kind of like a little basic, I guess. And I remember hating Amanda when she got cast for Micronesia just because I was such a PG person. I was like, Amanda, oh. her, uh, whatever. And I, but I do think she makes mm-hmm. sense as a returnee. And I think she makes a sense as a returnee in Heroes versus Villains, but I just was not the biggest 
like fan of hers, despite really liking the people that she works with. But she was always like the fourth pick out of that group. Like she was never like my the one I would feel like I had the strongest feelings for. Right. But before I talk about my feelings about Amanda, because I really wanted to go into about that for a moment. Nige, China was one of your first seasons, though. Um, yes, but I may have even seen Heroes versus Villains before China. I just okay. like, skipped mm. right ahead. So, so you know, Amanda was like a legend. Amanda was one of the she might have been like the person I had seen the most because I saw China and well, her, her and James, I guess. Um, but they were, I, I saw both of those seasons in like the first five that I ever watched. So uh, to me, I think that they were both very much like big characters uh, with the show. And I, I think it's also kind of interesting because I was, you know, a decade younger uh, when I first watched China and heroes versus villains. And Rewatching it now, I'm kind of struck by how much younger she feels to me. Whereas mm. when I watched You're her for the peer. first time, yeah, she very much felt like a peer. And so I think that watching it now, I feel like I'm much more aware of things that I would want to do differently if I was out there, but are probably because I'm just uh, older, more life experience than she had. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I do like Amanda and I think that she's always kind of like one of like the first big stars in my mind, just based on the order of seasons that I watched. Yeah. And yeah. I was telling Nigel this earlier, Mari, but I'll let you know this is that I, I was thinking about Amanda and it's like, I can't say that she doesn't have moments because she does. And, and, and she's really affected. She's part of incredible seasons. I mean, three of the best seasons of all time, you know, her fingerprints are on blind sides mm-hmm. that are really critical and important. And like, again, she's an inoffensive presence. You know, she's the first person to make it a hundred days. She's the first two time finalist, especially doing that at such a young age is really impressive. 23 at 23. She's so young, but mm-hmm. it makes me also reflect and think about, if she does all of these things and I don't get excited thinking about her, do I not just like her? Like, I clearly don't like her then, right? It's, it's, it's like my, a female friend of mine. She's like, this guy I'm dating, he's so nice. He's so sweet. We go out and he's just nice, but I just don't feel the spark. And the answer is, well, you probably don't like him. <laughs> you know, like, at the end of the day, like, she does not capture me in a way. And it reminded me of a Survivor Sucks post that I wanted to read, which I think really captures my perspective of Amanda. This was written in 2009. So this is before Heroes versus Villains, but after mm-hmm. Micronesia. So it gives mm-hmm. you this perspective of someone who, and this person's favorites were like Harvardy Shallow, um, uh, Suri, Sandra, like a lot of the legends of the time. And I feel like it encapsulates a lot of my feelings about Amanda in that moment. Uh, uh, and it reads, up until a few days ago, I thought it was someone who was just meh on Amanda. I give her credit for having a solid game, and she does, and think that she's largely inoffensive. I didn't really get any of the hate that she receives. That Then I read that she was under consideration to return for season 20, and the amount of revulsion I had at the mere idea of her coming back let me confront some hard truths about myself. I cannot effing stand Amanda Kimmel. What, oh pos- what possible motivation could they have to bring her back? She got to the end twice. What more could we see of her? What else does she have to offer more than anyone else? I find the idea of another season full of Amanda to be ludicrous and completely unjustified. Amanda is just a bit of a bland person. That itself is not enough to dislike her. And she's had some pretty epic moments, but she's also has nothing to offer me entertainment wise. And uh, later they do say, which I really identify with is they talk about Amanda's gameplay. And they said, Amanda has this kind of low-key and non-confrontational nature that lends itself to to this game. And she's actually pretty athletic and a decent liar. She's also a big believer in sucking up to the resident alpha male. In other words, she's perfect for the game. Part of me, 
uh, is so against her being on another season because I know she will go far. I'm confident in her ability. And that's Dang. kind of like my perspective Dang. about Amanda. And again, no hate to Amanda, literally for Amanda, right? Like, don't be sending her anything negative. But it, there's a, something about Amanda, like her greatest skills is that she's likable and she's competent. Two things I do not care about in a survivor contestant, <laughs> right? I'd rather you be like Jatia flailing around for four episodes, giving me something <laughs> to work with, than Amanda, who's of course she's going to succeed. She's nice, pretty likable, strategic enough, but not anything that's intimidating. And I'm just like, I'm not into it. Like she's allergic to serving. She's not giving us anything. Mm-hmm. And the amount of times I saw people with the comment, go ahead, girl, give us nothing. Give us nothing. Yeah. <laughs> On Amanda post, it speaks to her. But I think Amanda, I think that maybe is a reason why you kind of like Amanda though, Nige. What specifically from your rant is why I like me? <laughs> that she is kind of go ahead, girl, give us nothing. You're like a big Dua Lipa fan. No, I feel like that, that I mean, changes. I am a big Dua Lipa fan, but I want to be clear that wow. Amanda is not allergic to serve. Okay. Uh, uh, it's exa- not Mari, true. Exactly. At the end of the day, it's, it's not weird. true. It's you might weird. wish that she served more or more intensely. I think that's fair. It's, but to say she's allergic to serving, I think is factually. It's true. not what you. It's not. It's not what you've served. It's how you serve. Yeah. It's. It's. She's just not a person. Flair. She isn't. Yeah. You know, she's not fierce. She's yeah. impressive, but she's not fierce. And I feel like there's uh, a real difference in that. Again, the I the uh, the only fierceness I saw was when she played her idol. That was that was the one moment I was like, "Yeah, girl, go ahead." That and I it. and I thought it was really cool. But you know, even in that moment, I was like, oh, "I'd love it if she goes home right now." <laughs> that's because you just no. don't like her. That, no, that's that's. I was rooting for her there. I wanted. To, I was so happy when Alexis went home in her in her stead. Yeah, so. and Amanda has a low key rivalry with Alexis actually over like both having crushes on Ozzy, which I think yeah. is love it, which is kind of fun. And I like I said, I think Amanda again has all this on paper, but it just does not come together in a very exciting dynamic way for me. And I, part of this podcast I'm really excited to is maybe I'll be won over, maybe I'll see the light and and see it because Amanda is fairly popular. She's in the top three of fan favorites in Micronesia. And as much yeah. as like the internet, we love the Black Widow Brigade. The Casuals yeah. were not a big fan. I mean, Alliance full of women. America was not ready, but like Amanda was so popular enough because she is like a nice, agreeable person. You know, she's good at challenges, but those are again, not qualities I tend to love in her or in contestants generally. Well, Kevin, I hate to break it to you, but we're already 37 minutes into this podcast. So if you haven't started to see the light on Amanda, I don't know how much we're going to be able to (laughs) for the remainder here. Uh, But do you now want to get into Yes. Some of the, the research you've done. I'll get into it. So I looked on the Survivor subreddit first and just searched Amanda Kimmel, seeing what are the types of posts that came up the most often. So a lot of them were, why was Amanda Kimmel so popular? Or what's the hype around Amanda Kimmel? Um, and I think also a lot of questions about like, you know, how would have Amanda do on other seasons? A lot of comparisons to Russell Hance, since they both were the two first two like two-time finalists in a way so i think there's definitely a lot to talk about amanda and the fact that she became so popular and or she was so present so quickly because i don't think amanda's personality suggests someone who should come back three times i think james clement actually makes a lot of sense he wins fan favorite Mm. twice amanda doesn't uh even though she goes so much further um and the question about why was Amanda Kimmel so popular? A lot of the answers here are very simple. She's pretty. She's good at challenges. What's not to like? You know, it's a little bit more of a superficial answer, in my opinion, but one that obviously is shared by a lot of people. Someone said, I liked her in China because she played a good game strategically and physically, but failed to read what the jury wanted. She orchestrated the biggest move of the season in the James blind side. Mm-hmm. Um, my impression is for her speaking to the jury is that she tried to be the nice girl. 
uh, so much that she never owned any of her moves. Her pageant girl's smoothness and beauty worked to hoodwink people during the game, but she couldn't convince people that she deserved to win. The con uh, convincing isn't part of the nice girl or beauty pageant way. You kind of have to be um, inoffensive and you get rewarded. And she needed to advocate for herself. And again, a lot of people also mentioned that she's so boring and monotone that it transcends into being entertaining, actually. Because I think, again, like now you can <laughs> feelings onto Amanda. And, you know, Nigel's a big Amber fan who I feel like actually has a bit of those similar qualities. Do you I see mean, qualities of oh. Amber and Amanda? No? I mean, listen, Amber, Amber is one of the all-time legends, okay? <laughs> but again, like, reserved personalities. And here's my other thing about Amanda. Yes, athletic, outdoorsy beauty queen. Danny Boatwright just won a few years ago, okay? So I've seen it. Mm -hmm. I've seen it. And a low-key personality who comes back to showman's a bigger male personality um, Amber did that and she had the nerve to win and I also find that Amanda <laughs> like with Amber at least is she goes from this person who really had no business being on All-Stars winning All-Stars which I think is hilarious that's like iconic and then she goes in the Amazing Race like twice and like gets her wedding televised and has like four beautiful children she like won it all despite not even believing she should have won in some ways there's something yeah. iconic about that Amanda I just feel like never like reaches that fully but in some ways that's what makes people like her I think sometimes people really enjoy her because She's actually kind of memeable because she exists for so many episodes you can kind of do that for. Um, but a lot of people will just generally talk about, yeah, Amanda is one of the best to never win because she has a lot of just natural skill set. Mm -hmm. mm. um, question for the room. Uh, Mari, do you think Amanda's a better player than Russell Hans? That's a common thing I'm also seeing on the internet. Oh, God. Not the Russell question. Um... <laughs> I mean, yeah, because she didn't she, <laughs> she didn't rely on hidden immunity idols in order to further herself in, in the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, I will give her flowers on that. Like boring and offensive, whatever you call it, it still got her to the finals multiple times and got her pretty far in heroes versus villains. Russell sat right there in the, the, those same chairs and lost to somebody even more inoffensive than Amanda and Natalie White. So I I still can't believe that. Oh my God. Um, so like she's definitely, I think she is better than Russell personally. And, you know, Russell's um, comments about it shouldn't be in the jury, blah, blah, blah. All of his rants and stuff like that. I just think um, he he doesn't get it and i think amanda does and she, yeah i mean yeah a lot of people fun. a lot of people talk about amanda's just one public speaking coach away from winning survivor twice you know like she, she has uh, yeah. a lot of skill set right um yeah. Nigel, what do you think about the russell amanda debate since they're both two-time finalists can you remind me what russell's record is for votes received out of total he gets two eligible? out of nine in mm -hmm. samoa and then zero out of nine in yeah Christmas. so amanda has Four a better votes. record in getting yeah. tribal she has a better overall placement record because she goes farther on her third outing than russell does when he makes it to the end twice mm -hmm. i think that it's also a little difficult to tell because their games are so different where russell's feels like the way that he plays the game he should not make it to the end as often as he did in, in those right. first two seasons, where it's like Amanda's 
play feels like she should always be near the end, right? Like she should always be getting kind of close. So it is kind of impressive that Russell does make it to the end. But ultimately, I do think you're right, Mari, that like Russell didn't really get the jury in a way that I find disqualifying. And he got the got there through advantages like how many what's the stats on how many like hidden immunity idols he played like yeah a lot of them Mm -hmm. and amanda does play an idol once to save herself right like that is an element but like Mm -hmm. you know she's still final six bound both times right um and it just it 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 makes all sense the survivor reddit community also agrees that amanda is a better player than russell hance because she seems to understand that juries you need a win over amanda may not be the best at doing that but like she seems to she recognizes and she has more social tact but they are very different i feel like amanda likes to play from the, the top you know, she's really good at getting to the majority. Russell, I think, actually comes alive playing at the bottom, right? Like, he's so yeah. inventive and, but like, he lacks a lot of the social tech that Amanda has. And I, I do wonder, too, is like, could Amanda get out of being on the bottom in a way that Russell can? Mm. You know, like, I think that that's like a very fair question where she is so, you know, agreeable, go with the flow. But like, if there's a majority that forms and she's just like on the outs, is she going to really be able to? make something happen to to flip the the game and we see that she was unable to in heroes versus villains right like you know candace leaves her even though sandra wanted to join her and i think that you know that's definitely a thing here i also wanted to mention that amanda is definitely a meme online um if you ever go to an ask me anything an ama on the survivor subreddit doesn't matter who it is someone will always ask the question what do you think about the Amanda Kimmel of Survivor China, Survivor Micronesia, and Survivor Heroes versus Villains fame? A recurring a question. Every and, single time. Every single time. And oh. someone has created um, a, essentially a compilation of everyone's responses to this. Um, and I wanted to read some of them. Uh, I want you to know that Kevin also has like the photos of these people with their quotes. Someone created a flyer like on Imgur, you know, using that Mm -hmm. in a way. And actually at the top of it, it says, um, the, the Amanda Kimmel testimony is like the Amanda. That's like part of her title. The, uh, Thoughts on a pageant queen turned hiking guide, turned survivor player, turned aspiring designer, turned aspiring actress, turned picker player, turned holistic nutritionist. Again, it's again like projecting so much on. Um, Eliza Orland said, when asked, I definitely think Amanda played a great game. She is the official, quote, best survivor never to win since she made it to the end twice. However, mm-hmm. in order to get credit for your great game, you have to seal the deal at the end and be able to speak coherently about the moves you made and persuade mm-hmm. the jury to vote for you. To fail that twice is a huge failure. Yeah. C- Cindy Hall of Guatemala says, never met her outside of the game, but haven't heard anything negative about her. I personally enjoyed her as a contestant, but not sure we need to see anybody play so, so many times. Uh, <laughs> I'm a fan damn. of fresh faces and drama. Uh, Billy Garcia says, I only met her twice briefly a oh, long time Billy. ago. She seems really nice. Not at all the kind of person you would expect to play Survivor, let alone be good at it. Strays, <laughs> 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 like people, like again, like people are like, Amanda's nice, but like I seem to have like issues with her. Like again, like there's like a deeper yeah. issue that she has. Chet Welch said, I liked Amanda. We talked pageant a lot and mm-hmm. we uh, uh, knew a lot of the same people and she always did really well, but really did not wow me in any way. Sure, I hope to see her again, but actually, I hope we will see others again from my season. Uh, Charlie wow. Herschel of Gabon says, I've met Amanda twice, and she was sweet both times I met her. 
I was starstruck the first time and she was so nice to me. And she remembered me the second time and made a point to come over and give me a hug and chit chat. Again, Amanda has like, everyone says Amanda's nice, but uh, quite often there is a little bit of reservation. I think that again, I think that's really interesting that Amanda, again, a low key presence seemed to instill a variety of opinions. Here's a question. Does Amanda run into a similar issue as Monica Culpepper? Yes. A little mm. stepfordy. Where she's a neat lady. Yeah, she's neat. She's nice. She's pleasant. She's hardworking. But I don't feel like I know who you are because who is someone that's all of those things? A phony person, kind of, right? Like, it's like mm-hmm. a, a, your office mate, the person who's around you who, like, knows all the right things to say. But, like, I don't feel like I get to know you at this deeper level. I, I feel like that's totally an issue she faces. And I, I, and I think that that's the issue I have that people take is that like, it doesn't mean she's phony. You just believe her to be phony. Well, no, I think right? it's her natural, mm. her natural impetus in life is to be agreeable. And I want to see her not do that. I don't trust it. Yeah. I, I just, I, yeah. I don't trust it. There's so many times that you have those coworkers that seem so agreeable and so amenable to whatever you want to do. And you ask some questions and they're like, Oh, your hair looks nice and then you find out one day that they've been talking crap about you behind your back this whole entire time you know what i'm saying like that's the vibes that amanda gives off like the co-worker that you think you're cool with until something happens and they're throwing you under the bus yeah it's again like it's just really nice easy going and i find it really suspicious i love the someone who's going to tell me i have a problem with you here's my problem let's work on it and yeah. she's just not that type of person and i think that's something that she could also run into when she comes up against the jury is that she has that image of the really nice, sweet person. Right. And when you feel like she betrays you, you're kind of pissed, but Mm -hmm. if you feel like she got one over on you, that she was really able to kind of like trick you. She does not give you a final tribal that lets you say, you know what? I see what she was doing. She had this cohesive plan. I think she does a final tribal that makes you say, so you are just like phony. That's it. Like it it was not a part of like a grand strategy. It was just you were phony in individual moments and that allowed you to get to final tribe. But I I also think it's like she she automatically like especially in her um, in China, she comes off apologizing first and foremost. Like she she always puts herself on the defensive um, mm-hmm. the defensive foot immediately when she should be on the offensive like yes I got rid of you yes I helped so and so get rid of you because if we didn't you know you'd be sitting here like you you always got to flatter the jury like that you know what I'm saying and she doesn't she does not do a good job of flattering the jury she just she I think she just t- tries to tell them what they want to hear and they're like we know you're just trying to tell me what you want me to hear and I don't believe you you know what I'm saying so even if that might be what she really wants to say to them, you know what I'm saying? But it's like she 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 really puts her herself on the back foot immediately. Yeah. And I think, Amanda, it's, it's I feel like there's a saying out there. It's like you can choose to be liked or you can choose to be respected. And Amanda seems to be someone who'd rather be liked than respected almost always. And there's like. I don't think there's anything wrong with that in its nature, but I think on Survivor, where you really need to get the respect of people, it's mm-hmm. really hard to. I mean, of course, Amanda's going to go far. She's she wants you to like her, and if if you like you, it's so much easier to play Survivor. But I think it is hard to sometimes win. You know, I think about someone like Lil and Sandra. Lil is much nicer than Sandra is, but Sandra is respected more than Lil is because she's a little bit more honest and direct, and there's something about mm-hmm. that. And some of our most effective Survivor players are actually a little cocky um, or have some 
you know, more negative moments, um, but they feel authentic in a way. And there's something about that that's really meaningful to people. Uh, uh, just to keep this moving here, I did find a popularity poll from 2016, uh, where the Survivor subreddit uh, ranked all the contestants, scoring them between zero, like one in 10 on each of them. All three of Amanda's incarnations in the top third overall. Uh, Mari, what do you think is the most popular Amanda incarnation? Is it China Amanda, Micronesia Amanda, or Heroes versus Villain Amanda? Has to be Micronesia, Amanda. You think Micronesia, Amanda? Yeah, I think it has to be Micro, too. All right. Uh, the number one Amanda is China, Amanda, actually. Really? Right around the 10 percentile. Um, Micronesia, Amanda is not very far off, around 12%, top 12%. And then Heroes versus Villains, Amanda, top 31%. So it's Much- a little bit further. I mean, she def- goes earlier. That being said, Heroes versus Villain, Amanda, my favorite Amanda. And like a lot of the moments mm-hmm. you mentioned. Oh, yeah. For sure. I feel like we see a lot more, a less sterile Amanda, if you will, in Heroes versus Villains. Um, but I think what's most interesting here is that the Survivor contestant she's quite often has strong correlations with is Andrea Belke. I actually mm. wrote Andrea's name down here earlier as like the anti-Amanda because every season Amanda on is on is good. She really like benefits from that. Andrea... Mm. There's always on seasons that people don't like. Yeah. Redemption Island, Caramoan, Game Changers. And I think in some ways they have like similar like profiles, if you will. They're supposed to be, uh, you know, attractive, but athletic. They're more like farm girls, if you will. I feel like there's definitely, that's part of it. And I think that's, again, my bigger issue with, is not with Amanda herself, but like kind of like, I feel like how the show depicts her and wants to use her. It it just, she feels a little too girl next door. Um, I can imagine like production when she was being cast was like, oh, she's a hard worker, but she looks great in a bikini. Uh, Mm -hmm. She's gorgeous, but doesn't take herself too seriously. It's like all the guys want to date her and all the girls want to be here. And it's like enough. Like we get it. You're you're likable, you know, but give me give me something else. I want you to like give me a little bit of nerve, you know, and obviously Mm -hmm. she showcases it in her game. But there's something about like if someone told me their favorite was Amanda, it makes me question if you're from Montana first, I like, think that's my first concern. It's like, are you, are you from Montana? Like, it seems kind of strange that she's your favorite, but she's kind of like, it's a kind of thing about like Joe Anglum fans, if you will. And I'm not oh. talking about like post-show Joe who's has had some flack, but like if your favorite's Joe, it's like, Oh, you kind of like the guy that's like nice, polite, hard worker. The knockoff of the knockoff of the knockoff. There's something about that. I think Andrea has a bit of that too. Andrea is a much more, I think, strategically assertive person. But again, I think there's something about like, a little too all American, a little too one note for, especially someone like me who really wants more flawed players, you know, to succeed. Someone like Amanda succeeding is kind of like obvious to me. Um, any thoughts about Amanda's popularity um, with the fan base, Nige? Um, I'm actually surprised she was ranked that high for China and Micro. I thought that she would be uh, maybe at least all of them around like the 30% mark rather than like pretty high up there. Just because I don't think she's someone who elicits strong opinions from most people. Kevin Mm -hmm. aside. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And I I see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I looked at the distribution. So on scores of, of one to 10, Amanda most often gets a score of seven which is so Amanda. It's a safe, you know, pos- vaguely positive number. It's vaguely like a, positive, yep. It's, just, it's like a safe answer. It just, it drives me crazy a little bit as someone who really likes the analytics of it all, you know? Um, 
but I want to get onto some of the historic um, perception of Amanda. Uh, in 2012, she was inducted into the Survivor Hall of Fame the same year as Rob Cesarino and Ethan Zahn. And those are Wait, legends. I didn't as well. even know there was a Survivor Hall of Fame. Yeah, like- so like, Xfinity had a Survivor Hall of Fame. I think the right after Heroes versus Villains. So like the first inductees oh. were Parvati, Boston Rob, Sandra. You know, like a lot of a lot of mm-hmm. like known people. But she's an early inductee, Nigel. Wow, she was able. To join it at the same time as Rob and mm. Ethan. Yes. And don't Pop you find that? Queen. Yeah, it's like, I yeah. also like, are we sure? Like, it's, stop the count. You know, there's something about it. It's like, it totally makes sense, but it's like, I, I want a little bit of mystery, That's a little funny. artistry, a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, what the executive voting committee said about Amanda. So these are people who, it's like the academy, right? So these are people who are already mm. in there or people who I want to know who was on this panel. Okay, I'll, get, I'll read you some of these. Boston Rob said about Amanda, ah. Amanda's a great mm. strategic, social, and physical player. Her approach to the game is subtle, yet very effective for her. She knows who she is and what her strengths are and how to implement them to get her deep and give her a shot. I mean, hard to disagree with. Hard to disagree uh-huh. with. Yeah. Jeff Probst said, she's one of the most consistently strong finishers in the history of Survivor. She improved each time she played. She was always a strong physical presence and was not afraid to make big moves to keep herself in the game. Uh, also hard to disagree with. Before you go on, what year was this? 2012? Okay, Jeff yeah, knows that she did not improve every time, right? Not placement, perhaps, but like he thinks her gameplay. Okay, fair. I'd argue. Maybe I'm looking content. at the in- inductees per year, and th- can what I? What are your you thoughts? Know? Tell me. Give it. G- give it to us, Maury. So the first five were Parvati, um, Ro- uh, Boston Rob, Russell Hans, Richard Hatch, and then Sandra. Like. Hard to disagree with Hans, legends. But, but Russell Hands feels a little high up there for me, but whatever. Uh, he, he's the only non-winner in that in that five-person. Yeah. Uh, mm. He was just uh, so this, visible, and I think it was just right was after the heels. Like, it was right after. This is 2010. So. And, and at the time, it's like Russell Fever like crazy, and it's, I hate it, was, it personally, yeah. and I think we've come yeah. around to like being we reflective on it. But back. Like, yeah. <laughs> he was, I mean, he looked the most confessionals like overall, probably between those two seasons, just you know, so much. But go ahead, Mark. Yeah. Sorry, and then 2011 is Sari, Ozzy, and then Tom Westman. Mm-hmm. Um, Other heroes versus villains legends. cast members and Ozzy. I mean, these are big, big time players. Yeah. And like you said, Amanda, Rob, and uh, Ethan's on. So, yeah. And it's like, if you think about it, like, if I thought of the 10 most iconic female players in Survivor, it's hard not to disagree that Amanda is probably one of them, but she doesn't feel like she belongs there. It's just, I, just, like, I completely disagree. She just totally feels like she's supposed to be there. Oh, she's from three so, very yeah, iconic seasons. She's on the biggest season of all time. She's one of the Black Widows. She totally feels like she's supposed to be a part of this. I so, know. And listen to this. For a comparison, in 2014, they inducted like three episodes into the Hall of Fame. Mm. Amanda's in two of them. So the first one is Bor- Borneo, the final tribal council. Mm-hmm. The second one is Micronesia, episode 13, tribal council. And finally, Survivor Heroes versus Villains, episode 10, tribal council. So the episode right before she goes home. So she's in all three, well, not all three, in two of those um, episodes. So 
It makes sense. I mean, she's very <laughs> present. I get it. She wins the award for best supporting actress. She's never the star. That is the best supporting actress award. That's, um, that's fair. And like I said, like again, it's 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 hard to deny. Like she is a top ten like legend. I think, especially out of the female cast. But like when I compare her to some of the people, like. Parvati, Suri, Jerry, Stephanie. I mean, the women who I feel like are like a, a tier above her, it definitely feels like a, a gap because I think Amanda's greatest strength is that like, she's like inoffensive. And it's me, Hall of Fame, I think you gotta do, I think you gotta be bigger than that. I mean, and I think hall- that you're describing it. Absolutely, my, right, my perspective, <laughs> right? And like in my Hall of Fame, like Purple Kelly's probably in it, right? Like I have terrible opinions, yeah. you know? But the casuals love Amanda. I mean, and like, I think, and, and she's like respectable enough. She's in the top third for all of her appearances, even on Survivor Reddit. So um, I looked actually back at some of her uh, uh, like recaps episodes that occurred when she was on Survivor. So in the uh, let me start with the Heroes versus Villains preview. They did a roundtable on reality news online asking people, how do you think Amanda will do? Um, all of them pretty much said, probably make the jury. of course it's like what she does she can always make the jury stage some people did think maybe her threat status as a two-time finisher could catch up to her but in general uh it's like well amanda has all the skill set to do well um but i my favorite was that someone referred to her as the buffalo bills of survivor she can make it all the way to the end but can't pull off the victory do you like that maury i do as a football fan that is very apt I love that. Right. And then um, in the uh, uh, right before the finale in China. uh, So this is 2007. Asher Streets writes, uh, they did a power ranking of the final four about who they think is most likely to win to least likely. Number one, Amanda, uh, saying that she's been in the top spot all season long, never dripping below third. So it's like only like Todd or maybe even Aaron perhaps was like above her for a moment after an episode. But like she's always in in the top. And uh, this person believes she will win because she didn't scheme too openly and has good jury relationships, LOL. Uh, But Uh. like, again, the perspective is there that she would win. And Amanda was actually the spoiled winner back in China. There was a belief that she would win. And it made sense based on the edit that she was getting that like, well, Todd and Amanda have definitely ruffled some feathers. Why wouldn't Amanda win? So I was pleasantly surprised to find out that she didn't. Um, And uh, David Bloomberg of RHAP fame as well actually wrote in 2008 after Micronesia and that uh, finale, why did Amanda lose? He cited in an interview with Amanda that she wanted to play a quote loyal game and would not turn on Parvati and Suri, which is kind of ironic considering that's like, girl, you have to do that if you want to win. These are the people that are going to beat you. She didn't Uh, learn from the first time. And I do think there's all these people. And I think there's an argument that maybe Amanda could theoretically win in a final three against Parvati and Serena. There's been a lot of discourse on this, but like Amanda, you know, definitely was didn't want to like upset the apple cart. Um, And uh, Serena actually mentioned in the interview uh, that that Serena and Parvati did most of the dirty work. Amanda tried to be friendly. And mm-hmm. if there was anything to do with voting someone out, she wanted to keep it a secret. She had a great move with the idol, but outside of that, she didn't really do much. And I still think there's like a, David Bloomberg writes that maybe she was a bit too in the shadows and kind of by playing second fiddle and minimizing your threat status, that can come back to haunt you when it comes to like the jury's perceptions, which we've definitely covered as an Amanda issue. But even back then, mm-hmm. I think people recognize that Amanda has all the skill sets, just again, not that finishing touch. Uh, any, any thoughts about Amanda's time on Survivor, how people were perceiving her then, Nige? Um, 
I mean, not particularly. I mean, it doesn't seem like yeah. there's been a whole lot of change over time between how people viewed Amanda then versus how they're viewing her now based on some of the uh, responses um, that we see here. Mari, what about you? No, like all of that sounds about right to me. Like, <laughs> like everybody expecting her to go far, you know, everybody saying like, okay, she did this much, but she didn't do enough to win. I mean, that makes sense. And again, I don't know if her legacy is going to change much in our discussion here because, you know, I, I, I agree with, I, I agree with all of those. Yeah. Like, it's like, I think we all like, it's just kind of uh, like it's the seven. Like, yeah. it's, she's still a seven. It's still, you know. You know, I, I do it's think not it's not like Russell. Like we were saying, yes. Russell's completely. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, I, I would. I, you know, I don't know if you guys did it already, but I want to I definitely want to hear the historical like perception on, on Russell. Yeah, yeah. And then because it was wild. I remember when everybody loved his his gameplay. And then, yeah. But anyway. Sorry. Kevin's yeah, going to need to take his Xanax before he talks about Russell Hans for a full. Yeah, like, <laughs> Russell Hans is my 2016. You know, it's like it's like it was it's like a, it was a tough time for me. But yeah. I, uh, I think it's fun idea. That, like Amanda's legacy hasn't changed very much because very much like Amanda on Survivor, she's kind of an enduring figure. You know, yeah. she there she really isn't need to change. She doesn't need to change because it, yeah. if it's not broken, don't fix it. Though Amanda could fix it a yeah. little bit. It's just it's <laughs> so minor. And I think that part of the reason that Amanda's legacy doesn't really change is that her time on the show is so compact. You know, Ethan Zong yeah. is on season three all the way to 40, right? Like we get a lot of different Ethan. Amanda, yeah. it's like, this was like what she did for a few summers. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just like a little hobby she had at one time. And it, it's so like time capsule almost. And mm -hmm. you know, what was kind of interesting in preparing, I listened to Amanda's interview with um, Robin Nicole when she was doing the uh, Miss Survivor 2012. And yeah. it, it was so interesting as Rob and Nicole are like asking her questions. They're, they're essentially saying like, Amanda, you're like so mysterious. You're so elusive. You're this like elusive figure. And Amanda's like, why? I just like, I don't really think I am. And she's like, I'm just like <laughs> not really, I'm just like not really online, I guess. And I think that actually kind of, to me, painted more of a, broader picture of like Amanda must not have like the best sense of how other people perceive her as well. Yeah. And I think that that's part of like why she doesn't exactly know what she's supposed to say to get your jury vote when she's in front of the jury. Mm -hmm. She's like, I think I'm just like normal, like everybody else. And other people are like, you are very mysterious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think it's a thing about like Amanda, if I had to guess has not had a lot of conflict in her life. She's not used to like, you know, putting him in up and like, and, and standing her own and saying, don't talk to me like this or, or you misunderstand who I am. Right. And I think that probably comes for like she's not prepared where it feels like Parvati was so quick to kind of throw it back to James, you know, and like when, when she's answering jury questions, Sandra feels like she's always been ready with a quick response. Like Amanda is not hardened in the same way. And I think that, again, is why she goes far in Survivor. Right. Uh, but it, 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 I think it, it gives her trouble winning. Um, did you have any other takeaways from the Miss Survivor of it all? Um, she does not win, by the way. She. Oh, who won? Parvati, right? I, I just watched Amanda's. I mean, we like forgot it. I think because this was before I got. I think Parvati won, so they had it open to like the all the first like twenty four seasons of like women, and so Amanda was a finalist along with I think Courtney Yates, and um, 
Yeah, Parvati. Maybe there was a, someone else there too, but um, she did not seem very prepared for her interview. She's not good at the jury questioning. I'm telling you. She, uh. her talent was like singing on her guitar, but it was like impromptu. Like Robin and Nicole were like, oh, are you going to sing for us? And she was like, I guess. Oh, God. I guess that's what I'm going to do now. Like, it was not planned on her part. And there's like a, I think it's like a confidence issue, too, right? The fact that she's like, she kind of plays down herself is, again, a reason why people want to work with her. People trust her. It gives her an opportunity to also use that against you if she, if she so chose to. Okay, fine. So here's a question. Mari, how does she become Miss Montana then? Because I feel like there's definitely skills overlapping that could we'll make you over eligible here. to win, you know, that beauty competition pageant. and Survivor. You're about to have me insult the whole entire state. Ah, uh, go ahead, do it. Miss Montana? Like, <laughs> I feel like it's not that difficult. <laughs> it's not like she's a Miss California, Miss New York, Miss Major Metropolitan City. Like, it's, you know, um, I, beauty I, pageants. I think yeah. you're right. I think you're right. And then not to say that it's not still, like, impressive to an extent, but, like, compared yeah, to, like, Montana's a population of a million people. That's very Jeez. small. California is closer to 40 million, for example. You know, Jacqueline's a Miss Michigan. Michigan's mm. population, you know, at least 10 times about the size of Montana's, yeah. right? So like, it's a much bigger field. And like, yeah, she's a pageant girl, but she's also kind of gawky, which you don't really associate with pageants uh, yeah, very that, much. That run to Exactly. Dreams, you know, like, think about compared to like Taylor Hale. Yeah, she definitely has Taylor. a bit of a different presence because I do think the competition's a little bit different. Taylor gives a theory. Yeah. How did you know the population of Michigan off the top of your I, head? Kevin? Yeah, I know. Google. I just, I, I work for the census. I Googled it and you were right. Yeah. <laughs> I work for the census. So like those type of statistics okay, kind of come very easy for me. But like, you know, Amanda was in the same pageant for Miss USA as Candace Stewart of Big Brother 15. Who oh. And I think Candace actually oh. showed, you know, she had a lot of situations going on in Big Brother 15, but like a certain level of grace, eloquence, you know, in the mm -hmm. way that other people eloquence eloquence a lot of like pageant queens tend to have that amanda doesn't always have and i think it's probably because like you know i think for some people they put a lot of emphasis on the miss montana of it all but i think we should put more emphasis on the montana of it all a bit more introverted reserved down-to-earth farm girl is like a lot closer to who i think amanda really is and why she's so effective in the way that again why like andrea belke goes really far or uh nicole franzel you know i feel like it's it's again similar profiles Shout out to the Montana listeners. Yes, we love you. <laughs> I also wonder if maybe part of the reason Amanda is able to be successful in the pageant circuit is that it feels like that kind of competition, you, the individual, is much more like pulled back than what Survivor is. Survivor, it's people you have been starving next to for 39 days. But in a pageant, you are on a stage. I, I think that that probably gives uh, an idea of performance that yeah. she's not giving in like a final tribal that maybe she should be. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good thing. You know, Sophie Clark had once said that she actually kind of boozed herself up before her final tribal council. So she'd give more honest answers. I think she was rewarded for that because I think coach and Albert felt like such con men in a way. And there's this <laughs> authenticity thing that is really, really true. Um, I know we're wrapping up here. I did want to mention that I looked at Amanda's edgic, which is like her episode ratings where people can say that, you know, you were really complex or you negatively tone, positive tone. We're supposed to root for you. Yada, yada, yada. In Amanda's 38 episodes of survivor, she was uh, positively rated seven times, negatively rated twice, 
and three mixed. So every 38 episodes, 26 are toneless, which means that like there was no editing cues to make us feel a certain way about Amanda in any way. And I think that actually is another issue I have with Amanda probably as a character, which is that we're kind of told she's one of the heroes and it makes sense that she's there. She checks a lot of these boxes off, but I wonder if it's as much as what Amanda's doing or like our our own cultural associations of what Amanda's supposed to be. You know, the fact that she's an attractive, hardworking white woman that doesn't put up a fuss. I mean, like that, that she has the aesthetic of someone who belongs in the heroes tribe, despite like, you know, not doing anything not, rather her- heroic. Yeah, like what does she do that's that heroic? You know, she blindsides Steal people. The immunity from Eric. Yeah, right? like, again, that's, and Parvati's on the villains. And so like, like, you know, at least Sari is like a symbol of like getting off the couch. But like Amanda again is, I think again, like the, it's 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 again how we feel about Amanda and people like Amanda. I think she's very Taylor Swift, if you will, a relatable, accessible, marketable person, but maybe kind of basic in in the packaging of it all. But like production loves that i mean that's someone who's really easy to work with and there's it's, it doesn't surprise me that amanda comes back even if it bothered me especially at the time you know kevin you mentioned 26 toneless episodes that that's like a lot from from her journey um and i think that you've told me in the past that it seems like producers were probably expecting amanda to be like a bigger fan favorite out of China than she ended up being. Yeah, she's not even and top that's why three was like in the China fan favorites. Surprise! Like Denise beats her out as one of the as one of the favorites, if you will. And and that surprises them for micro, right? And I wonder if like part of the reason that they don't tone Amanda nearly as much is that they think the audience is just going to like quote get it, and that they don't really have to do anything to make you feel something about Amanda because. She's pretty, she's the beauty, you know, like all those things that they think will naturally have people in her corner to some yeah. degree. And in many ways, again, she gets a seven by most people, right? Like it does make her likable, but like, I don't, I don't feel like we ever really are rooting that hard for her I, I, other than like maybe a single episode, like the Micronesia final six or, or something like that. It's, it's hard to fully be with her there, but I, I, I've always wanted to give Amanda the credit for her game because I think she is obviously very good at the statistics speak for themselves i'll also just quickly mention here um uh mari have you ever heard of a livid manda no i haven't okay so uh nice have you heard of livid manda i feel like you've mentioned this before (laughs) so livid manda was like a comic gif you know like this character that existed like a comic strip character on survivor sucks back in the day and it comes from an amanda quote where she mentions that she's livid but of course in amanda fashion it's never that dynamic it's just like i'm livid period you know it's like it's like uh it's not animated it's yeah girl had girl give us nothing and it's it's just a series of amanda getting frustrated about people around her and yelling it makes no sense but again it's people projecting a lot on amanda which i think is part of her appeal she's existed in so many episodes undeniably she's gonna be part of like major moments some of the other things i found from amanda kimmel's wiki page you know um uh she was the youngest castaway on Heroes versus Villains, which I think, again, is impressive considering that, I mean, there's a huge emotional toll with being on Survivor for so many days. Um, and um, she is the first finalist to receive a jury vote, but finish in third place. The only people who've done this are Missy Payne and Ryan Ulrich. So, you know, she a has legend. Exactly. Uh, other things I want to mention is I remember hearing someone say that she's kind of like the female Chase Rice of Nicaragua. You know, uh, Chase only gets jury votes from women. Amanda only gets jury votes from men. And I wonder if that has something to do with Amanda and the fact that she's more demure and nice, that she's more palatable to like men, their egos, which again, production, I'm sure also mostly men. 
project that on Amanda and why she's like such a recurring personality as well. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, she's very girl next door quoted. Um, But uh, are you ready to wrap up Amanda and talk about. Can Amanda win? Can Amanda win at all of them? So, so Mari, I have a question for you. Um, When, Mm -hmm. when we mentioned earlier, like, oh, is she just like one speech coach away from winning survivor? You know, Mm -hmm. there's plenty of seasons where like, the jury's already made up their mind by the time they get to final tribal, you know? Do you think that had Amanda just pulled out a skill set that we don't think she necessarily possesses, do you think that she could have walked into tribal in either China or Micro and walked away with the win there? Or do you think that it was pretty baked in? I mean, it, it's it's tough knowing her her competition. But if you go back to to me in Micronesia, poverty doesn't. It's not like poverty has like an amazing tribal council performance. It's you know, it's even she gets tripped up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? She it's just her like flippantly telling the truth. So there is a chance if she if she's better prepared, that's. That's the season she got the most votes. That's the season that I was the closest. There's a very good chance that she could have beat Parvati if she was better prepared at Final Tribal Council, I believe. Yeah, I think Amanda, and the edit definitely tells us that Amanda loses it based on her her jury answers in a way, which I don't think we've ever had anyone really kind of depicted in that way. Maybe Nalia, kind of, I think kind of gets a little bit of those like tonings. But it is very interesting that Amanda is like, yeah, she's like a fumbler. But I, I, I think Amanda, again, she has this, like Amanda, I think could be a decent coach on Survivor in a way, like in, in a, giving like uh, some advice to people about how to just generally go far, because I think she has, again, the natural skill set. But I don't know if like, Amanda can win. So, you know, I, and, and I think that potentially, right? But I, I think you're totally right, Maureen, saying that Amanda did not have the opportunity to reflect off of the China experience and take those lessons in and apply them to micro, which means that like heroes versus villains is really the season that we can consider and say, like, would she have been able to take the lessons and translate it in heroes versus villains? Do you think that she plays a different enough game, even though, you know, she does not exactly get close to final tribal do you think that we see her game in uh heroes versus villains enough to say like maybe she did pull some of these lessons away i mean i i think the the problem there isn't isn't how she adapted her game in heroes versus villains it's about how the people around her were much better equipped to target her you know what i'm saying like um you know, I from what I remember, Heroes vs. Villains, I don't remember her like changing her game that much. And again, she's not playing against dopey fans who are going to give up immunity. <laughs> she's not playing against newbies while she's a newbie herself. She's going up against some of the biggest Survivor legends of all time. And they're on, they were on to her. So, I mean, like, yes, Heroes vs. Villains could have been her moment, but it would have been a uphill climb for her to get there i mean you know the top the top you know people before her like who lasted longer than her were like the cream of the crop so it's just kind of like you know i i feel like she would have had to do something drastic in order to make it to the the finals of heroes versus villains 
And maybe it was stealing the clue from Danielle that could have been that moment, you know, maybe in an alternate timeline, maybe it's possible. And I think Amanda, you know, she's really in the cog of power in the Heroes Tribe for a while. She's really tied, you know, when she loses Suri early on, but she's part of the reason Tom goes like she's she, she's one of the reasons Stephanie goes like she's like really in it. And I think Amanda, one of her greatest strengths is that like she like. Her inner side allies never want to turn against her. Parvati, Todd, they're totally comfortable keeping her to the end game where she has the most ability to shank them if she wanted. But she doesn't do the best job, I think, doing relationships outside of that. You know, she's just generally pleasant to them, but she doesn't really build deeply. And so she, uh, I, I think that's just a weakness of hers. But um, yeah, I, I think Amanda would have been the perfect ally in Heroes versus Villains. She always makes it to the end and she always loses. Why would you not want to align with her, right? Like, that's like the perfect. But I think if she gets to the end for the third time, I think that's kind of a case also to vote for the way that like a winner getting to the end kind of helps you too. And it's like after three years, after this many years, Amanda should be able to answer a jury question well. But maybe, okay, no, but this is the better question to ask. Could Amanda Kimmel win with the current jury format instead, which is a little different? Well, I don't think Amanda Kimmel could win now. I don't Uh -uh. think that the way that she plays the game is what modern juries are looking for you agree Mari? exactly yeah exactly i like yeah if the question is can she win now no it if the question is could she have won possibly <laughs> like, yeah. yeah but you know she does naturally have a bit of that under the radar in the beginning of the game late game surge winning the challenges and stuff showcasing herself so i feel like she maybe she, and I don't, I don't believe she can communicate it because now the juries are much more white collar and they really care about i think specifics in a way but like, yeah, I think Amanda does. Again, she's like built for Survivor in some ways. I think it would be really interesting to see Amanda come back today because we saw her at this very young part of her life, her early 20s, where so many people are still growing. You know, science shows that her like brain was not fully developed yet at mm-hmm. that time, right? Coming back as a mom with like much more lived experience. I think that would be a really interesting uh case study for us to understand like how she would be able to do because for all we know you know maybe she was able to get a little distance from survivor and like really understand a lot of these things yeah possible Mm -hmm. uh any final thoughts on amanda mari no i i think we've covered it all yeah I feel like I've I've said all my pieces. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you got it all, all off your chest there, Kevin. I, I, I hope so. And I, I apologize to all no. of the Amanda Kimmel fans out there. I she's just not she was she's not made for me. I think that's and that's fair. okay. And that's yeah. okay. Not everyone that's okay. is made for everyone. And I'm glad Amanda's there to give us great seasons and great moments. I I think it's hard not to give her credit, but like again, it's it's like she just doesn't do it for me. And I don't know if this conversation has helped at any more. <laughs> you know, I think that Amanda is, for some reason, a little bit of an enigma in Survivor lore. Um, and I think it's because in, in the grand scheme of things, she's here and she's gone, but she's here so much when she is. There. <laughs> she's here so much. You know, like there's just a lot of Amanda at that time. And there's just like something about her that makes people feel like they don't totally know who she is maybe there's like a vulnerability issue where she doesn't necessarily like open up that way to people and i think you could argue she's like almost a little bit of a game bot where she's just so focused on like the strategy and talking about it that you don't necessarily get to know 
her as an individual in a way that other people along the way of Survivor are able to kind of like infuse their personality and, and their personal history with how they talk mm-hmm. about the game and what it is that they're trying to do. And I think she's truly a legend because she is associated with some of the greatest seasons of all time. And she's not just like associated with them and goes out like fourth on one of them. She (laughs) makes it very far every single time. And Mm -hmm. I'm glad that we had Amanda and I really want to see Amanda back at some point in the future. I'd love to see the survivor legends. And I think Amanda would not be an unreasonable choice for survivor legends because I mean, she is one. I just wish she comes in with, a bit more of a person. You want her to serve. I want her to serve. And I believe Jeez. she will because I don't think she's allergic to it. I want like I want the next like all returning seasons to be like new era versus old era or something like that. Yeah, I think that'd be really fun. That'd be fun. Um, and I think that it would require James Clement to come back because they can only come oh back God. as a package. They have to be on every starting trip together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um uh are we ready to finish this night? Yeah, I mean, do you, do you have anything else? No, to, I, I to don't. Mari, anything going on for you? Of course. Uh, yes, uh, Matt, Matt Scott was on here, and hopefully he told you we're back. The Wrestling Half-Up is back for our biggest season yet. We are on the road to WrestleMania. This time, literally, because we will be attending WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia this year. So uh, we are bringing in the biggest guest host. We're going to have we're going to have at least three survivors on our our season this year three survivors who love talking about wrestling so come and uh check us out over on the wrestling wrap up podcast you don't even have to watch professional wrestling we provide you with pictures over on the youtube page we uh, provide you with guests who are funny and amazing and it's me and matt scott is it like how could you not love us so go to rob has a website.com slash wrestling feed in order to subscribe again you can also catch us on the uh, rob has a podcast youtube page where i i definitely suggest you watch us on there because we bring up pictures and you you want to see our beautiful faces and of course every tuesday me and sarah carradine bring you true crime tuesdays to rjp yes rjp has a true crime podcast we do I don't know if you know, but we do. Uh, you'd be surprised how many people say they don't know, but we do. Every Tuesday, we watch like a documentary, a docuseries, um, a true crime documentary, docuseries, and we tell you if it's worth watching. So um, if you haven't checked in, check that out already, go to robhouswebsite.com slash crime feed in order to subscribe. Uh, this past week, we just had, uh, it was a nothing but Netflix crossover with Rob and Chappelle. We talked about Society of the Snow, which is on Netflix. And it's about the uh, Uruguayan rugby t- teams um, crash into the, into the uh, mountain, the Andes mountains. Um, Next week we have, uh, well, next week we are on break, but we have that. We're going to have a great guest with uh, Jason Reed. And we're going to be talking about American Nightmare, which just dropped on Netflix about the uh, Denise Haskins case. So definitely go check us out over on Crime Scene. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Mari Talks Too Much. That's too like the number two, where I post everything else that I'll be doing. That's it. <laughs> you know, uh, I've seen a couple of clips from the, uh, the, uh, show about the plane crash in the yeah. Andes Mountains. I have a morbid fascination with plane crashes. And if me you're too. flying, maybe related. <laughs> me I don't too. know. So <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that that's one uh, that's absolutely worth checking out. 
It is. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And Kevin, anything about the uh, remainder of the season you'd like to share? We're going to have two episodes left. We're still booking our guests, but uh, we hope to have episodes on John Carroll of Survivor Marquesas and the queen sandra diaz twine so those two episodes uh will be out um you know subsequent weeks from this release and uh if you're interested in following me you can follow me on twitter at at asian narc which is short for my instagram handle at asian narcissist and mari we got where people can follow you correct yep yep you got it that's all i'm only on twitter so Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, thanks for joining us. Mari, so glad we were able to have you back uh, for another episode of You Thought You Knew. And uh, yes. we hope to see you all again next time. Thanks. Bye.